On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. Just then, in front of him, there was a man who had dropsy, and Jesus asked the lawyers and the Pharisees, is it lawful to cure people on the Sabbath or not? They were silent. So Jesus took him and healed him and sent him away. Then he noticed how the guests were choosing places of honor. He told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down in the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who has invited you both may come and say to you, give this place to this other person. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Here ends the reading. So Pastor Mark began his sermon last week with this idea of telling a better story, one of a wider mystery and grace than we may be used to. In the reading from last Sunday, Jesus healed a woman bent over for 18 years, and he broke the Sabbath laws to do it. Jesus breaks the Sabbath laws, Pastor Mark noted, in order to give witness to love beyond measure or reason, grace in excess of every expectation. I believe the, ex the exact phrasing used was, to hell with the rules. Today's reading is in parallel to last week's reading and also says, to hell with the rules, particularly the rules governing ideas of status and honor. In Luke 14, it is again the Sabbath day. And here we find Jesus in the home of a Pharisee for a meal. Now, this context of a meal is central to the deep meaning of the story, as we will see. Eating is about who is in and who is out. Table etiquette and seating placement were very important in the ancient world in a way that might not fully resonate with us today who one ate with, whether one washed before eating, and where one sat at the meal were all critical social status markers. Hosting and hospitality, then, was a way a person may gain prestige, and a meal may be expected to involve excess eating and drinking, which, of course, requires showing off financial resources. To be a guest was to be acknowledged as a social equal, and we might be able to imagine the mutually reinforcing patterns of honoring between hosting a distinguished guest and being invited to dine by a distinguished host. Though not central to our culture, we still do have this link between seating and status. 
Maybe some of you have been honored at a dinner, perhaps at your work, where they invited all the important people in your company and seated you among them. Being seen in the presence of the VPs gives you a certain degree of bragging rights amongst your colleagues. Or in contrast, perhaps some of you have been to a wedding and were assigned to a random table far from the bride and groom and thought, huh, so I mean so little to them? All the while noticing friends who are seated closer. Or we've all seen one of those high school movies where the new kid accidentally sits at the cool kid's table and gets mocked mercilessly. How dare this unknown kid presume to eat with us? Here, Jesus has been invited to sit with the cool kids, with the presidential VPs, and share a meal at a home of the leader of the Pharisees. This is the third time this has happened in Luke's gospel and will be the last, as we may understand as we go forward. Jesus, for his part, is a pretty terrible guest. He almost immediately breaks the Sabbath laws in the very home of a teacher and strict adherer of the law. The timing here on the Sabbath day should again set off little warning bells for us. Pastor Mark mentioned last week that if Jesus had healed the woman bent over on a Tuesday, it would have been no less a miracle. But by choosing to set her free from her bondage on the Sabbath day, a day not only associated with rest, but with the Sabbath year of Jubilee, that joyous 50th year when all debts are expunged, land lost, returned to ancestral families, and Hebrew slaves freed. The Jubilee legislation in Leviticus is explicitly economic, not merely spiritual. It was intended to ensure that there was no permanent underclass in Israel society. Jesus, by continually linking his healing and teaching ministry to the Sabbath, is signaling that his ministry is liberative, life-giving. Like the Jubilee year, Jesus is breaking all of the typical patterns and rules. So again, as in last week's reading, Jesus heals a person on the Sabbath, this time a man suffering from dropsy, an ailment related to severe swelling. This act of radical graciousness breaks the accepted rules of behavior, particularly, in this case, rules governing the behavior of guests. This act of gracious rule-breaking should help us understand his parables to come. After sending the healed man away, Jesus looks around and sees the other guests maneuvering, scheming for the best seat. And to the guests, he says, at a wedding banquet, do not take the most honored place. Otherwise, you might be shamed and embarrassed if the hosts ask you to move. If the cool kids mock you mercilessly, instead, take the lowest place so that you will be singled out and honored when the hosts ask for you to move up higher. Now, Jesus is not merely offering shrewd advice about how to gain more honor at table. He's not saying, I see y'all playing the status game. Here, let me tell you how to do it better. As in last week's sermon, there's something deeper going on. A clue is his interpretation of the parable he just offered, 
those who humble themselves will be exalted. A similar phrase has just been used in the previous chapter. After healing the woman who had been bent over for 18 years, Jesus goes about teaching how to be saved. And he concludes his teaching, then people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. So in both these chapters, in Luke 13 and Luke 14, we have parables about eating. And in both these parables, the humble and the last are the ones who are first and are honored. Jesus is not offering advice about how to play the status game better, how to get to eat with the cool kids. He's offering instead a damning critique of all their maneuvering and status games. It's a lesson in humility. Contrary to his guests, fellow guests' expectations, it is not the one who seeks honor who will find it. Instead, those like the widow who was bent over, those like the man suffering from dropsy whom he just healed in their presence, all of their social striving, to paraphrase Ecclesiastes, is vanity. Real honor is found in humility. And humility defines the character of God's gracious, liberating, rule-breaking kingdom. With this parable, Jesus has not only rudely broken the law in another's home, but he has then gone on to critique all of his fellow guests. Yet he is not done. Then he goes on to critique his host guest list. To his host, the leader of the Pharisees, the elite of the elite, Jesus says, when you hold a meal, do not invite anyone that is able to repay the invitation. Basically, don't invite any of the people that are already here with us right now. Instead, invite those who will be unable to repay you, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then you'll be blessed. Remember that I mentioned that to invite someone to a meal was to acknowledge someone as a social equal. Though, as the musical chairs of the other guests shows, there was greater and lesser degrees of social equality. If hosting was one way to gain status, then the higher status of your guests, the more social status you earn. And this status will be enhanced and reinforced when they, in return, host you for a meal. Jesus' parable, however, brings this whole socially exclusionary pattern to a halt. Not only should the distinguished host invite those who are significantly below him in social status, he should do it because it does not benefit him. They are people unable to repay. They cannot help him play the social status game. If eating is about who is in and who is out, then turning all typical social rules of behavior upside down, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, are definitely in. If this list seems familiar coming from Jesus' mouth, it should. It echoes Jesus' first sermon in Luke in his hometown of Nazareth when he reads from the scroll of Isaiah where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
Release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor is another way of referring to this idea of jubilee, of erasing of debts, returning of land, and freeing of slaves. So here in our reading, we have Jesus on another Sabbath, again breaking and critiquing all the rules. And his rule breaking is in service of the socially undesirable, the economically oppressed, the religiously suspect, the physically burdened. His Sabbath rule breaking, bad guest behavior, gives us a glimpse of this wildly inclusive vision of the kingdom of God. Blessedness, the second parable concludes, is to be a blessing to others, especially others on the margins, drawing near to them those whom society has pushed out. This is one way we participate in the coming of the kingdom of God and show forth and witness to a vision of the year of the Lord's favor. By physically and monetarily, individually and collectively inviting in and thus being changed by those in our context who are oppressed by racism, sexism, homophobia, nationalism, by freeing those burdened, ground under, forgotten, and rejected by our economy. True blessedness is being a blessing to others. True honor is found in humility. And true Sabbath is found in breaking all the rules necessary to allow everyone to eat at the table of the kingdom of God. Amen.